Welcome to Saturdays in the Spirit. As a local church, Frontier Church is committed to five spiritual practices that form the way of Jesus. Scripture, solitude, Sabbath, self-denial, and the seasons. Saturdays in the Spirit exist to help us put solitude into practice. And the point of Saturdays in the Spirit isn't Saturdays. The point is to live out Sundays through Saturdays in the Spirit. So think of this as your intro course to solitude. So guys, by the end of tonight's prayer, my goal is that your heart is prepared to think about the five woes that God pronounces upon Babylon in Habakkuk chapter 2, because that's what we're studying tomorrow in church. So if you missed the last few weeks of our Habakkuk series, here's a really quick recap. Habakkuk chapter 1 begins with Habakkuk launching a complaint against God in dialogue and prayer. He says, everything is bad in Judah. God, why aren't you doing anything? And God responds to Habakkuk, essentially by saying, I am doing something. I'm raising up the Chaldeans as a judgment against the sin of Judah. And so after that, Habakkuk launches into a second complaint. He says, are you even God? How could you use them to discipline us? And in chapter 2, after his second complaint, Habakkuk decides to take a stand on his watchtower and patiently wait for God to respond to his second complaint. So before we start to pray about tomorrow morning's text, we're going to do what we've done the last three weeks together in Saturdays in the Spirit. We're just going to begin our time by furnishing our imaginations with this exact imagery from the book of Habakkuk. So right now, as you enter into prayer, imagine that it is as though you are climbing your ladder to stand on the watchtower along with Habakkuk. This image, if you sufficiently get it into your imagination and your heart, this image can help you pray for years to come. And as you enter prayer tonight, it should be as if you are looking out into the darkness, shoulder to shoulder with Habakkuk, focusing with a type of military vigilance, just watching and waiting for God to whisper to you. And like Habakkuk, you do expect God to speak. So just begin by cultivating an eager excitement, an eager expectation to hear God speak to you some way tonight.
while Habakkuk is watching and waiting on his watchtower, God meets him there. God does respond to Habakkuk, and he responds to Habakkuk by pronouncing five woes upon Babylon. So in other words, after God uses Babylon as a tool to discipline Judah, his plan is to also pour out his wrath on Babylon. His wrath. The subject of God's wrath can be scary. In fact, it probably should be terrifying. Habakkuk describes the wrath of God as a cup of red wine that he plans to pour out on Babylon. This description is meant to put a shiver down our spines. We're we're supposed to think of God as awesome and as mighty and as full of infinite strength and power. And as a God who is infinitely worthy, the punishment for diminishing the worth of this God must also be infinite in proportion. But in chapter 3, we learn that the knowledge of God's judgment on Babylon actually causes Habakkuk to worship God. It's not something that makes Habakkuk doubt God. It's not something that makes Habakkuk raise his fists to God. It actually causes him to worship. So here's a question worth wrestling with God over in this moment of prayer. Does the knowledge of God's wrath cause you to worship him? And if it doesn't, why doesn't it?
The good news of the gospel is that Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath in our place on the cross. So the right, the fulfillment of Habakkuk chapter two and all of those wo- all of those woes, the fulfillment of Habakkuk two is the cross of Jesus. That overflowing cup of red wine that Habakkuk prophecies about, you will not taste one drop of that wrath if you trust Jesus. Not one drop. Not, not even one ounce of that wrath. So the most appropriate response in the world is to surrender your whole life to this Jesus who drank this cup in your place, to give him your heart, to give him your mind, to give him your soul, to give him your strength, to give him the fullness of your obedience, to surrender your life, to surrender your ethics, your behaviors, and your goals to this Jesus, and to offer him your thanksgiving, your gratitude, and your white-hot worship. So ask God in this very moment to give you a white-hot passion for praising Jesus. Ask Him to help you worship Jesus with the knowledge that He drank the cup of God's wrath in your place. Ask Him to help you worship Jesus like you were just saved tonight.
Amen. Church, we're so excited to worship with you tomorrow morning and to explore the subject of the cup of God's wrath. We'll exposit it from the text. We'll examine it from several different angles. And I I sincerely hope that Saturdays in the Spirit was helpful for you tonight. But just remember that this isn't simply your intro course. This is simply your intro course to solitude. It's It's not the master class of solitude. So I suggest taking time tonight to schedule out solitude for this coming week. And then after scheduling it, to fight for it and to guard it even while your week gets busier and busier with more and more obligations. If you're married and you have kids... You might want to ask your spouse to watch the kids for an hour or two this coming week so that you can visit your favorite coffee shop or your favorite place of solitude to simply just be with Jesus for an extended amount of time. Schedule it. Fight for it. Guard it. This is your intro course. Make sure you also launch into your master class, Solitude Throughout the Week. And guys, we really believe that we will... Man, I really believe that we'll be a different church tomorrow morning if everybody spends time tonight in prayer asking God for a word of encouragement to give to another member tomorrow morning. So come prepared tomorrow morning in church to speak life, right? To to prophecy, to give a word of encouragement, to pray for somebody to build up the body of Jesus and to contribute, not just to consume. Guys, don't come tomorrow morning on your heels. Don't come on your heels. Come on your toes tomorrow morning, eager and expectant that you'll be a tool in God's hand for good and for joy. 